All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Ground. This is the walkout on a day where the Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers 34-11 to at Akershire Stadium. And uh, you're listening to the sounds of a Dodge Charger absolutely humming its way across... Uh, the great state of Ohio right now, and I have a treat for you. You may be thinking to yourself, you know what, I don't know if I've got the energy for the walkout after that debacle. It's just too big of a turd to sit here and and listen to the fallout. But then I tell you, guess what? Guess who's behind the wheel, and you should know this when you know that we are humming our way across Ohio. Our great friend, Jay Morrison of Pro Football Network, greatest friend of the program. What's up, Jay? It's actually a Dodge Challenger. I don't oh. mess around with the Charger. This oh, yeah. is we, this is a big engine, so we are hum- – well, actually, I've slowed down for this podcast. <laughs> I don't, we, we had to turn ways off, so I don't want any interruptions. I don't want any cop alerts popping up that I, I missed. So. Uh, but, yeah, glad to be with you. And I wish it was a, a more exciting game to talk about, but – Happy to be back on the show. It's, I mean, it's great to have you here. I mean, it'd be a shame. It'd be pretty stupid if you just sat there silently right next to me while uh, <laughs> while we record the walkout or the drive out in, in this sense as we make our way back towards Cincinnati here kind of overnight. I, I want to start here with this. And it's just, I don't understand how a team goes 8 and 2 against the rest of the league and 0 and 5 in the division and not just the fact that they're 0 and 5 in the AFC North but they have just been beaten to a pulp in almost every one of these games I throw Tennessee in there cuz they're the most AFC North team it's not in the AFC North and we saw what happened in that game where they got their butts kicked it is remarkable how this team folds when teams try to bludgeon them. When when it gets physical, these physical teams like the North has, like Tennessee was, certainly like the Steelers try to play, they've folded. And they haven't been able to make any of it work. There's a ton of other things at play. There's a ton of issues with when they've played them, a healthy burrow, Browning making mistakes, Explosive plays, like all of that stuff is a part of this. But I go back to that as your common thread. They've gotten beat up. They haven't been physical enough. And in the AFC North, that is a absolute death nail, and it's why they are where they are now. And it's strange because Zach has talked about how it took him a season or two to to figure out how to win in the AFC North because it is such a unique division, and, and the team's... You see it all. That's why they're so good. It's not just the Bengals. All these teams are whipping up on teams outside the division um, because of the way they're constructed. And they play football a lot like a lot of other teams don't. And it's just a different game. And so he talked about it, it took a year or two to figure it out. But so why now? Why Why did they forget all of a sudden? Or did they forget all of a sudden? Did they, did they just kind of get away from who they need to be as far as constructing this defense, even the offense, they're just at the point of attack. They are overmatched. And I thought it was 
it was ironic that you know that the first Pittsburgh game they had eight handoffs for 15 yards uh, at halftime tonight they had eight handoffs for 16 yards not <laughs> much changed no uh, their defense is bad yeah. and that's the thing here is you're, you're not it's you can talk physicality is a part of defense and the fact that you know I went around the locker room after the game and that was kind of my question so what what is it? What wins AFC North games? This is a, this is a team that's full of people that won back-to-back AFC North titles. They know what it, what it, what it is. You know, Mike Hilton's been spending his entire career in this rivalry. He knows what it is. What wins these games? And physicality was the one answer that came up every time. And turnovers. And clearly we saw what happened with those on Saturday. But they just haven't been physical enough. But they haven't been good enough on defense. And it's been known we've talked about it all year where it's been like even though they moved to Jake Browning you still felt like the reason they wouldn't get where they'd want to get was because of their defense it's just been so consistently bad every week it's explosive play after explosive play and it's not getting stops when you need them it's getting pushed around on the ground and okay they're getting a little bit better with their run defense but Still, it's still not great, and there's still so many mistakes being made on the back end, and you get it run up on you, and that's what that's what happened again. They the worst thing they could have done in this game was one, give Mason Rudolph any confidence in himself. Two, give George Pickens confidence in himself coming off a week where he was you know uh, public enemy number one. Three. Give the Steelers fans who are just so sick of watching them the last three weeks be terrible juice early in the game. How about all three, Jay? And right. it took two plays. And it took two plays to hit George Pickens on a catch and run for an 86 yard touchdown. And one where Dax Hill comes up with a just disastrous angle that not doesn't just miss the tackle, but takes out a corner in the process. And you could feel right then, oh, it's going to be like that. You are you can't play from behind against these guys. Next thing you know, it's 14 to nothing. And with the moment you do that, now it's all flipped. You are playing Pittsburgh's game. They know you're dropping back. They're teeing off. It's TJ Watt. It's Highsmith. And they can lean into running the ball, run the clock. I mean, that that is... No pressure on Mason Rudolph. You have now decided because of that, or the early errors, that you are going to play their game. And you just can't, you can't do that in their house when they're a desperate team and they played like it. You just, you, you can't play that way and it shows. That's how you lose 34 to 11. Yeah, I mean, maybe they could have stuck around and made it interesting if they played mistake free and, and got into a shootout, but. The, the long touchdown to start the game was was big, and then I, I thought it was a pretty impressive answer where the Bengals get the ball back and they drive right down the field. It's like, okay, maybe this is going to be a shootout, and then you see the, the Jake Browning makes the mistake where he said he was trying to throw it away. He didn't get enough on it. It's an interception in the end zone on third and eight. That takes three point easy three off the board for Evan McPherson, and then he had two more interceptions after that that were just – bad decision, force the ball in, product of being behind and trying to do too much. And that that really, I mean, the, the physicality set the tone, but those mistakes by Browning 
really were kind of the, the death. That was the, the, the coffin nail, so to speak, in honor of Dan Moore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it exact when when Browning comes back to Earth, it exacerbates all your other issues. Yeah. You know, because we're his sort of historic four game run there was covering up all the other stuff that was still happening, and they'd found. They had to overcome. They needed a million miracles to go their way to come back and beat Minnesota because they let Nick Mullins throw for three hundred three. So the the most amount of yards that the Steelers had gained all year in a game not against the Bengals was three thirty three back in September against Vegas. They posted four twenty one the first game in Cincinnati, three ninety seven today, and that's when they took their foot off the pedal in the whole fourth quarter. I mean, they basically had that about five minutes into the third quarter after the deep bomb to Pickens. I mean, this team stinks. Like, that Steelers team is not good, okay? Their offense has been terrible at all times, except maybe they found something. I don't know. They, I mean, Akershire Stadium is chanting Mason Rudolph, <laughs> and it's like, what world are we living in? They, did, they It's like it's like they have uh, – it's like Terry Bradshaw to Lynn Swan out there for these people right now. They're they're in love with Mason Rudolph. He was the answer the whole time, apparently. And like that just can't it can't happen. It, it, you can't be who you are at this point in the season. You don't we talk about playoff runs and what you had seen the last three weeks made you believe that they could happen. But that's not a team that deserves it. And they know it. And now so uh, Buffalo wins the night game. New York Times playoff predictor puts the Bengals' playoff percentage at 15%. So it's not over, but we talked about coming in this week. It was a massive pr- playoff probability swing. Yeah. Over 40% chance lost, and they knew it. Um, there's, there's, just, there's no way around it. They're going to need help. They're going to have to go to Kansas City and win, and they're going to have to find a way to not go winless in the AFC North in Week 18 to pull it off. Last uh, team that went winless in the AFC North, the old uh, Dick LeBeau Cincinnati Bengals uh, in 2002. Last time that happened, they needed to change the whole thing up, brought in Marvin Lewis. Like a lost decade stuff here. That was the last Bengals team, right? Yes. Bengals team. Yes. Yes. So, it's, you know, they're, they're in a, they're up against it. I, I, I thought it was interesting, the locker room afterwards was very much a stand-up locker room. Um, most notably, Chidabe Awuzie, who we haven't talked to a ton this year, and I don't think he's been necessarily, like, dodging anybody, Jay, but like he hasn't kind of been around as much. He spends a lot of time at the like little card table in the middle, which is not kind of a like off-limits spot and and he's he's struggled and he's dealt with injury. You know, he had the back, he's obviously coming off the ACL, but and and then he's the whole thing was a couple of weeks ago, he's finally feeling you know, back to himself a little bit. And it felt like Cheeto was standing there because he had, obviously, a terrible day. George Pickens beats him twice for those those explosive balls, wanting someone to come up to him. So I did. And he was 
incredibly forthright, very um, much unfiltered and accountable. Uh, I'm just going to bring you, this is my conversation uh, with Chidabe Wuzier in the locker room after the game on Saturday. I mean, Pickens was going to be somebody they're going to try to get going early. What did you, what was the matchup like with him tonight? Were they able to, obviously the explosives, you guys hate to have those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, played terrible. <laughs> to be honest, like, it's terrible. I mean, it's very uncharacteristic for us. Um, but, you know, like, he gets paid too. And he did a hell of a job. He's moved out, did a hell of a job. Doing about where he needed to. Um, but, you know, I put that one on us, like, you know, especially on me. Especially, you know, I think that I, I knew certain plays were coming, but, you know, um, just reacting poorly, you know, to my, my keys and everything. So um, that's really why I'm kicking myself because if I know it's coming, I should stop it, you know. So, um, yeah, I just count that, put, 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 put everything on me. Um, yeah, I think I, I should have done a way better job. I mean, you know, it's the, that third, the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that third is very similar to Jacksonville with you guys a couple weeks ago. One-on-one on the outside, mm-hmm. certain short. Are you thinking they might try to take the shot on me here, be ready for it? Is that oh, on course. that play? Oh, of yeah. course, of course. But, you know, um, yeah, yeah, that's just a mental just trying to do too much, yeah. you know, kind of. Was it on the release? Or uh, no, no, not on yeah. the release. You know, he gets close to the sticks, you know, close to the yard line. And he may sit, you know, but that's not something I need to be worried about. I need to be worried about getting over top. Um, so, yeah, just trying to do too much. Um, it's mental errors. It's uncharacteristic, but it happened. Can't make excuse for it. You know, I got to do better. I mean, the expo- I know it's been so frustrating for you guys, the explosive stuff, because just, just when you feel like you're getting it fixed and you're getting it, it seems like it shows back up at the worst time. Yeah. Has there been anything that, as you guys have tried to solve this, that you've felt like you've seen, like that can nip it in the bud or the common thread, I guess? Uh, I mean, we know what we got to do. I mean, that's just keep the main thing the main thing. You know, third and 15, giving up a D-ball is unexcusable, you know. Um, third and one, on the fade ball, you know, that's a play I've made plenty of times in my career that I, I just fell short on and, you know, I just know that we can make those plays and um, so I have the utmost confidence in all the guys. It's just, you know, if, if, if we, we only had one chance at this game, you know, and uh, we, we, we played poorly and we failed. To be honest, we failed. So all we could do now is look forward to our next opportunity was just Kansas City. So um, and hopefully, you know, put this stuff to bed that we messed up on this game. So, has this year been frustrating? I know it's been, I'm sure it's been frustrating for you. Yeah. You've been trying to get back from the injury. You've been mm. dealing with other injuries. Has it felt like, God, one of the more your more frustrating seasons just because you haven't felt like you can get in the rhythm a little bit? Well, um, you know, my, my, my strength comes from God yeah. at the end of the day. You know, win or lose, bad game or good game. Um, if I was younger in my career, I would be killing myself, you know, literally killing myself. But um, I can still kill myself, but... I'm more emotionally attuned now, you know, and I know the mistakes when they happen and how to fix them, and um, I have a hope that can't be destroyed. So, um, yeah, you know, I just take it as my story, and all I could do is just do my best and let God handle the rest. So that's yeah. what I, that's what I got to do. And I, in this game, I definitely did not yeah. do that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you felt pretty healthy? Or I mean, I know everybody's got things right now, mm-hmm. but like, have you felt like you were getting you're getting healthier right now? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, the past couple of weeks just being able to play a full game for mm-hmm. the first time since my injury. You know, and uh, I've been doing that ever since then. You know, I feel like I really hit a rhythm. And then this game happened, and it just kind of went. Bleep. So yeah, I just gotta. 
do way better with that. So, yeah. yeah. The North thing, I mean, the last, you guys have taken the fight to this division the last couple of years. Yeah. Does it feel like it's kind of flipped back a little bit? And what's kind of been the key, what is the key to winning in the AFC North that maybe hasn't happened as much for y'all this year? physical. Yeah. Know, uh, starting fast. I think that's something that we've been struggling with, starting fast and being physical. You know, identity of this defense has always been that, you know? And, uh, we fell short a couple of times, and all we could do is just refocus on the keys and you know the mental errors and you know trying to get pushback on guys, being really physical. So yeah. uh, that's definitely what we're working on. Thanks. So I mean, you hear it there, and yeah, I know after after that, I know a, a bunch of reporters came over, and he did another wave. Um, you hear it there. I mean, it's on me. I was terrible, and today was you know the the bloop of just everything all of a sudden is not there that he thought was trending in the right direction. I appreciate the stand-up nature, um, but boy, it's been a frustrating year for, for Chidibe Wuzie, and that's been a big part of what's happened to their secondary. I mean, he was supposed to be a guy they needed to count on to be a real rock-solid number one where you can feel like you have two number ones with Cam Taylor Britt. They've really kind of been saved by DJ Turner playing pretty good. But it hurts when when your when your guy like Cheeto is the one that's given up a ton of these big plays. It's been brutal. Yeah, and I mean, and maybe that's the reason he hasn't been around either. Because I'm sure he wasn't happy about a lot of snaps for DJ Turner early. Eventually, DJ took his starting job. I mean, the only reason Cheeto's back in there starting again now is because Cam's hurt. Um, I, I thought it was it was telling, not just. The fact that he was willing to stand up and kind of face the music, look in the mirror, as he said, and uh, be a man was a, another phrase he used. He's not going to be here next year. It would have been very easy for him to just get out of there and not talk, and he's he's going to go into free agency next year, and someone, he's going to be on another team most likely, getting paid elsewhere, and, and he didn't do that. He stuck around, wanted to say what he said, um, and it you mentioned that the second wave, Ben Baby asked him about the ACL. Almost, it wasn't like he was giving him a chance, giving him a built-in excuse, but he he, he brought it up, and Cheeto's like, no, no, no. Maybe beginning a year, not now. That that has nothing to do with any of this, and he just he refused to to come up with any excuse other than the fact that that he made mistakes on those plays, and he, he should have known what to be looking for, and he didn't, and I. He was beating himself over it, up over it, and I just I, I thought it was really impressive that, that the fact that, that he did that, and he was not alone. There were, you know, Jake Browning put it on on himself, and and all the guys, you know, Sam Hubbard, a, a lot of them, Ted Karras, a lot of them, uh, a lot of times in a loss like that, on the road, playoffs hopes very much dim. Holiday, they just want to get home. It, it would have been short cliche kind of answers just to get it over with and they were all really good really open uh about what the problem was and what they need to do to to get it addressed and it basically boils down to what you said that be more physical and and play like an afc north team yeah and don't turn it over and don't turn it yeah i mean that's obviously a big part of it and yeah jake called them dumb decisions and said they were stupid and and stuff that it was a backup quarterback game. I mean, he sort of, mm-hmm. and, and the Steelers have a way of bringing that out of you. Is 
they, they do confuse you and, and make you make poor decisions and beat you up a little bit, and they certainly did that. And when you can't have any kind of a run game to lean on to take a little bit more pressure out of to get a little bit of more manageable positions, it, it can often end up looking like that. But you have, I mean, you know, Jalen Warren is five foot nine. He comes around as the lead blocker on Calvin Austin touchdown and straight up decleats Jermaine Pratt in the hole. And it's like, that kind of tells the story of the game. Is that play versus the other side, the Bengals can't get a yard three times from the five-yard line. Yeah. You know, you're you're trying to give it to Mixon up there, and he's short. And they end up passing. I mean, that you talk about says that you have no trust in your ability to move people. This, again, I go back to this line I've used, they... They signed a bunch of offensive linemen that are these giant people movers, and they can't move people. Like, it's it's ridiculous you, that that they can't be more effective in the run game, particularly the short yardage stuff, when they got all these massive dudes up front. Um, that said, you have to drop back and throw on fourth and inches from the five? I mean... And, of course, it's incomplete because there's pressure and all kinds of crap, and they don't get a call, and Zach Taylor's yelling at the side judge. But you have no one – they have no one to blame but themselves there. And you can't get a yard. That's no one's fault. Yeah. Like, talk about spots and calls and, okay, that's fine. But, like, that's on, that's on you. And then on the flip side, you know, they just move the pile. You would watch these – every Steelers run – the line, the line of scrimmage, the the, the trench would move five, three, four, five yards the other direction every time, and they would just push it forward, and they're just getting beat up. And it'd be one thing if it's the first time we saw it; it's not. And Pittsburgh came out with that mentality and in uh, part of their will on them. And when you fall behind to a team that's playing like that, night night. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. Like, did Pittsburgh have a run of less than three yards? Because there was a lot of times you're like, oh, okay, finally they stopped it, and it's like, oh wait, that was a four yard game. Yeah, because it did. They would they would fall forward, and it was in the we saw it in the first game that that Najee Harris rugby scrum that went for 16 or 18 yards. Yeah. There's just so much of that tonight, and it was you know Pittsburgh coming back with roundhouses after those kind of things. I mean, they zero blitzed on that fourth and inches, and and really got a good shot on Browning. And then they come right back, and it was a few plays after that on third and 15 was one of the ones where Pickens beat Ouzier for, for 44 and sets up a field goal right before half. And it was just every time it looked like the Bengals might have a semblance of hope because they did. For their first snap of the second half, they get the 80-yard touchdown to T. Higgins and a two-point conversion. It's 24-8. to eight. And You're thinking, okay, maybe. You know, you just saw what you saw last week against Minnesota. And – what was it, two plays later, and it's Rudolph to Pickens beating the Wouzier again for a 66-yard touchdown and just another roundhouse just answers a, whatever momentum the Bengals thought they had. Yeah, and uh, no way around it. Uh, 113 yards on the ground for the Steelers on 30 carries, but again, so much of that was a lot of running out the clock, late-type stuff. It was very – it wasn't explosive, but it was extremely – Effective and then the explosive plays in the air put him away. I mean, Mason Rudolph throwing for 290 yards. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. He's he's three and zero against the Bengals in his career and two five and one against the rest of the league. Yeah, <laughs> we're seeing these show up. Uh, so, Bengals lose. 
playoff hopes are on thin ice. Obviously, they're going to need to have some things go their way uh, at this point and and face a potential offseason of, of regrouping. I mean, uh, with, a, with a lot of things to think about, and we'll have a lot of time to get into those. Uh, but it's what a sobering day and, and what a gut punch for a team that was really feeling like they were trending in the right direction and one that you could believe in. Um, and there's been many different storylines to the year, but I think inevitably at the end of the day, we'll all look back on the 2023 Bengals as the year the North kicked their ass. Yes. I mean, we'll see what they're made of if they lose to Kansas City and they're 8-8 eight and, eight and they're playing with nothing on the line against the Browns. Is that going to matter to them? Are they are they going to have enough fight to try to not go 0-6? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who I mean, at a certain point, the, will it even matter with the way the, with the way things are going? You kind of yeah. are. You are who you are. Uh, they called it what uh, a humbling day. Zach Taylor called it a humbling day, and uh, it certainly was that. Um, all right. This is fun. I, I mean, we could just keep going. We, we got plenty to talk. We haven't caught up with Jay in a while. Uh, I hope you guys are reading stuff over at uh, Pro Football Network. We I mentioned it on the podcast on Thursday. Got the great email. Someone said this is like having divorced parents <laughs> <laughs> because I get to I get to uh, I take I get it's like I get two Christmases. You get double the content. Listen to both. Hope people are listening to uh, to Jay's podcast there as well, and all the content, which is awesome stuff. And uh, and so yeah, this is like the one night where your parents get back together, just uh, you know, for the holidays, right? For, for Christmas, for yeah. Christmas, or maybe it's like, or it's like, it's like uh, your wedding, or you're having a kid, and we're all in the same room together now here uh, here for a little bit, just to just to just to get to get the band back together. So. Um, yeah, make sure you make sure you're you're uh, reading and listening to everything uh, over at Pro Football Network. Um, I won't take you guys down the dark place any more than that. Uh, read, read my story, which is up right now, um, with a bunch of thoughts on why this has happened, how this has happened. You know, there's a couple sad charts because there's always a set couple sad charts uh, on the state of, uh, their defense. So, all right. Uh, from where are we at here? What's our mile mark from somewhere? We're pretty close to wheeling, I think. Yeah. Somewhere near wheeling. Uh, we're signing off and hoping to get home at really a reasonable hour. Uh, with Jay at the wheel, I know that we're going to get there as soon as humanly possible. So I'm excited about that. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.